All right, welcome back, everybody, for another episode of High Heat with Matt Helms and Shelby Ford. Um, I think we got a good little lineup for you guys today to talk about all the way from college football to Major League Baseball to women's soccer, I think we have. And so we got a little bit of everything going on. How you been? Oh, not too bad. You know, living the dream, dreaming to live, and getting butt kicked at work. So you know how it goes. It'll go, it'll go, especially winter. That's when usually our busy season picks up. So a lot of people pulling out their space heaters and everything. So they're turning on heaters. It smells like smoke. No, it's mm-hmm. just your heater blowing soot and everything else out. Yeah, yeah. Usually, if anybody knows anything about fire departments, their busy season is the winter. That's when all the fire season is pretty much. Everybody getting closer together in tighter spaces and. Turning on more heat with stuff to catch on fire. It's usually it's usually the hoarders that get get the fire season going first, isn't it? Yeah, and you know if if you know it's a, a hoarder house, I'd rather just let it burn. You know, there, there's no with everybody to, out just for everybody to know. With everybody's out, by the way, just just not let oh, it burn. Yeah, exactly. Just you know, burn it down to the slab, start anew. There's so. nothing worth keeping in there. Um, they had one person. They sent a picture and I looked at it and it was miserable. That you couldn't see the floor. Uh, the only spot that you could see was half the bed where they slept at, and it was like brown from where they slept at. And like they had a call because they were stuck in their house. They had to have somebody come open the door to get them out, and that's how bad it was. I, I don't understand it. I couldn't. I couldn't live that way. There's no that's way. That's when you need to reevaluate your life and what you're doing. There's got to be some kind of mental illness. I don't know. That's that's just bad. I mean, it wasn't even organized. I've seen organized order houses and it's actually pretty cool because it's like trails and they got like newspaper stacked and they got it all in order this was just trash pretty much just trash everywhere and i was like i can't even imagine the stuff that's living in there with you oh somehow the organized ones you know draw bridges it's amazing I don't get yeah they the organized ones have it together it's just they need they need their they just don't want to pay for a, a, a lock plate yeah <laughs> storage place so but power to them just the regular hoarders though like you said i'm I'm all for letting it burn if everybody's out because that's just there's nothing worse to saving in there usually. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we're going to kick it off. Uh, Tis the season of bowl season for college football. You know, um, before we get too deep into it, you know, our thoughts and prayers out to Mike Leach and his family. Yes, uh, his untimely and unfortunate passing. You know, the the pirate kind of dude was a character. The air raid offense of college football dude was a character he's gonna leave a lot of stories and legacies around he went pretty much across the coast to coast in college football and it's just listening to his interviews man he just was a unique character and definitely going to be missed throughout the the college world of football very bright mind very smart i think i read somewhere where he graduated top 25 percent with a law degree from pepperdine Wow. Yeah. If I read that correctly. Pretty amazing. Yeah, there's a bunch of stories popping up now on every social media thing where he put the playbook, dropped the playbook, his playbook, and had a Texas manager find it, and it made it all the way up to the defensive coordinator's booth, and they were down 17 to nothing before they could (laughs) blink because they had the wrong playbook. But just stuff like that, man, he's definitely going to be missing. I can't wait to hear more of the stories of of players and uh, other coaches that coached with him. Uh, just hear all his stories come out because I'm sure there's millions of them. I'm sure it was a story every day that he lived. It was something funny going on. Oh, for sure. But uh, that, that'll that bring us into 
college football playoff. Did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? Did they get it half right? What you, what you think? I know there's a lot of argument for you lose a game, you drop, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the one team that lost the game but didn't drop? Yeah, TCU. I, I, and I understand the argument where you're going to drop them to. I get it. The you know, who, who do they kick off with? Michigan? Yeah, it's uh, it's number one is Georgia, two is Michigan, three is TCU, and four is Ohio State being the only one-loss team in there. Uh, TCU's one loss. TCU's one now. Sorry, I forgot, sorry. Regular season one loss. Yeah. Yeah, TCU yeah. now has one loss. So there's two one loss teams, um, yeah. and that's the only four teams that have one loss or less. And to be honest, um, I almost feel like you got to play Michigan and Ohio State round one to prevent a Big Ten national championship showdown again. I mean, True, but I think what the committee did was they didn't want to see another Big Ten game two weeks after they just played. Is my only that's the only reason I can see them to where they don't drop TCU because granted TCU loses they drop but then again it was an extra game that if Ohio State played in the Big Ten championship they were on the opposite side of Michigan and played in the Big Ten would they have lost then you're talking about three more two lost teams talking about Bama Tennessee and Ohio State then who gets in you know so they've just been a big uproar if they lost two which kind of segues into well. How come the conference champion doesn't get the automatic bid? Mm-hmm. I've been saying that all along. I've been saying that they need to have all Power 5 conference champions automatic bids. Yep. And then if you wanted to do an 8-team, they can get three at large. Or if you want to go 12-team, you get however many that is at large yep. bids and give your Those top eight, four yeah. a buy. Yeah, basically you're doing your conference championship games. Mm-hmm. We'll almost get the bids. But your, you know, your your winners are definitely in. Well, then it's worth something to give somebody that maybe be, you know, nine and three, and are playing really good football, and they get to sneak into a playoff. Um, Wait, is that a Kansas State reference or a Utah reference? It could be either one. I mean, Utah beat USC twice, and yep. USC was supposed to be in the Final Four, um, and they sealed their own fate by losing in the uh, Pac-12 championship. Which, I mean, that goes for them. They had an argument, too, saying, hey, we lost an extra game that nobody else had to play. We would have only had one loss during the regular season. Um, And they dropped. So, I mean, there's a lot of arguments out there for USC dropping but not TCU dropping or, you know, it's an extra game. Why didn't we get in? Um, But my question is, if you did do the conference champion, do they get an automatic buy into the first round or do you go by rankings after that? You got to go by ranking after that, I yeah. believe. So you'd go uh, top four after all the dust settles, no matter who wins the national or the conference tournament or champion, sorry, and then just go by rankings for that. Because there's been some interesting polls out there, or suggestions for twelve team playoffs, and uh, one was before all the dust settled in the conference tournament was Georgia one, uh, Michigan two. TCU three and uh, USC four, they got a bit a buy, but then you had Penn State, Clemson, Ohio State, Tulane, Tennessee, Kansas State, Bama, and Utah in there. So I mean, you're talking about some pretty good games postseason. I mean, you talk about all these bowl games used to mean something, and now it's kind of gone off to the side, 
and now and six games and you get a, a bull bit as they come on we're getting watered yeah, down here yeah six and six you're getting teams that are just like fighting for their life go <laughs> one and five and then win five in a row and they get a mm-hmm. you know a bowl game so i mean it's i don't know there's, there's a lot of different debates out there i mean would you rather see an eight or a 12 what's your thoughts on it i'd rather see a 12 i, I like the concept of the top four teams earning their buy mm-hmm. you know give them an extra week of rest a little you know prep time and then you go from there. That that's the the perk of doing the best in the regular season. What is the uh, the top five conference like the Power Five? They call it Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, SEC, and ACC. Yes. So if you did conference tournaments, you'd give the American Conference and is it Sun Belt or who else would be it? Sun Belt's one. So would you add those two conference automatic bids or? Are they too too non competitive to join in? I mean, I mean, because then you're talking Conference USA as well. Yeah, I mean, who's no, the most competitive league out of that for football? Is it American or American, uh, or like you said, the other one or some belt? Which, so I don't know. There's a lot of different options you can go out there, but like I said, looking at this 12 team bracket, there'd be a lot of good football there. There would. You had Penn State playing Clemson, Ohio State playing Tulane. Tennessee playing Kansas State and Bama playing Utah, and that's before they get into the top four. So I don't know. There's a lot of good arguments there. I mean, I'd hate to be the one to decide that, especially if Michigan lost. (laughs) (laughs) What do we do there then if Michigan lost too in the Big Ten? You know, like just think about that. Man. There's a monkey wrench to be thrown into everything, and, you know, conference championship weekend threw a bunch of wrenches at us and mm-hmm. it almost threw even more i mean it was it, minus the georgia game mm-hmm. you know for a little bit it was you know back and forth all day long yeah i mean you do have the best of the best from each conference playing each other so i mean they got to account for something for getting there and can't totally throw you out of out of the whole top four just for losing that one other than if you had two losses, I would say. And, you know, you go back and look at it. You go back and look at Kansas State and TCU's matchup from earlier in the year. Kansas State's almost winning that game the whole time that just kind of lays down a little bit, you know, halfway mm-hmm. through the third and just thinks they have it and laid down. I mean, yeah. so that could have been a very different outlook to the season for both of those teams yeah that's what's 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 so unique about college football and nfl is that every game counts in college nfl you can lose three four five and still there's some people that are about to win get a bid for being six and six you know and they're i forget which one it is the afc south or something i forget which team it is <coughs> but they might be getting the playoffs and they're 500 so oh uh, what tampa yeah i think tampa it is tampa, yeah so i mean you look at that and I mean, I, I wouldn't mind a 12. I mean, what's what's the point of going to a 4? Why wouldn't you just start with 12 to begin with? Yeah. Why didn't yeah. they start with 12? I mean. I, I can see the first couple of years while you're getting used to the playoff system. Okay, let's do a 14. Let's mm-hmm. increase it. That, that went well. Let's increase it to 8. See how that goes. Yeah. Well, that went surprisingly well. Hey, let's go to 12. Max it right there. Yeah, because I could see a slippery slope. Though. They're like, well, let's just give, you know, 64 team. You know, we're looking at, at, at March Madness. <laughs> you know, something. 
we'd be playing till June almost with that line of lineup. But you know, and I think teams should be graded on how many cupcake games they had during the season too. Yeah, yeah, and it, how the win loss. I still think that they should go. I think they had the perfect season with the uh, the computer BCS going, but then do a playoff at the end. So have, because you got the human factor in there, and if they're alma mater or they were friends of somebody, you know, that went, you know, they're going to be more biased to that team when they're ranking teams. And I think you should go do the computer, just let the stats speak for itself, who got the hardest, you know, route to get their best win, quality wins, and then do your playoff at the end. It's the best of yep. both worlds. Yep. And then after that, it's whoever's playing the best ball those two weeks, three weeks, that month, you know, and... I like that, a hybrid system. I like it. Yeah, and then crown them. Uh, that'll bring us to our next debate, uh, the Heisman debate. So Caleb Williams from USC won it, uh, quarterback there. Used to go to Oklahoma. Um, Still sitting on the sideline crying after the you know, championship game. You don't deserve Heisman if you're going to cry. <laughs> Twice. Twice against the same team. They should put the uh, Michael Jordan meme on the Heisman for him where he's like yes. crying. <laughs> the crying Jordan face? Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know his stats per se, but I mean, if you talk about two work, I mean, what's the Heisman stand for? Like leading of your team, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. And the other three options in the Heisman debate are in the playoffs. He's the only one without it. So Georgia's quarterback, Michigan's quarterback, and TCU's quarterback. Mm-hmm. Max Dugan, I think, would have been very well deserving of it. Yeah, you know, he took the bull by the horns and. Really led that TCU team when he played well. They took off and they played well. When he mm-hmm. struggled a little bit, yeah, you can kind of tell it's a little lackluster. But he was always able to find it in the middle of the game and turn it around. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. The the one thing that I think of when I think of Heisman is if you took that player off the field, how good is the team? Yep. You know, is is are they going to be an eight hundred? Win ball game, you know, percent win ball a team, or they're going to be sub five hundred. You know, I think if you take Dugan out, the TCU is probably four and eight. You know, something like yeah. that, or somewhere in there. Um, yeah. So I, I, I kind of look at that too because Georgia's quarterback. I think if you just get anybody in there that can just run plays and do, I mean, not not take anything from him. Dude's had a heck of a, a way, came about through junior college and walk on and all that stuff. Guys worked hard to earn where he's at. But I think with just their offense and defense, it's just like you just got to have somebody just steering the steering the car, you know. I think you could put Georgia out there just about, you know, some of the lower-tier NFL teams and it'd be mm-hmm. a good game. Yeah. I you know, uh, Kirby Smart runs an NFL-style offense and defense there. Mm-hmm. That he's getting his guys ready. You know, he kind of took a page out of Saban's book. Mm-hmm. And, hey, we're going to get these guys ready for the next level. That's the reason Georgia players and Alabama players perennially are able to go in ready to play NFL football. Yeah. Yep. Well, look, Caleb's got another chance to win more. I forgot he's I forget he's a sophomore. Um, if he doesn't go in the draft next year, you know, he might have two more attempts, like a Tim Tebow to win it, you know, a couple more times. Because I think Tebow won it his sophomore year, didn't he? Think so. Was it their 2005 campaign or whatever when they just dominated? They had some players on their team now. And to our listeners, we're not trying to take anything away from Caleb Williams. He's a good ball yeah. player, Chris. Good QB. I think he'll be mm-hmm. a, a pretty good NFL QB one day if he stays healthy. But this year, I thought, you know, personally, there were some more deserving candidates. Mm-hmm. 
I'm just looking at his stats right now, and I mean they're they're good. Uh, you can't take anything away from him. He's led his team to a you know a two and or two lost team only. You know in that conference, pretty good conference with Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, Cal, all them people. Um, it's, but then it's, you go to argue, what about Hendon Hooker from yep, Tennessee? Yep. I think he should have got an invite. You know, I mean. Yep. You think about him too. I mean, you take him off the field. What's Tennessee ranked? You know, that's kind of what I look at too. So, I mean, I I think it's just. I mean, I'd like to see everybody's stats right by each other. Don't even put names on there and just say who do you think deserves it. Who's who you're voting for? Just look yeah. at the stats, and um, yep. I bet you'd have a different story because it seems more like Heisman has come down to a popularity contest more than who actually really deserves it. I mean, that's why you see all these quarterbacks always in there. It's always a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. the one. Who was it that won that one defensive player, one uh, Michigan player? Rod Woodson. Yeah. So, I mean, I bet you that was pretty special seeing a defender there and then winning it, you know. So, and that's what it's all about. Who can who can change your team or who, if you take him off the field, what's the team going to look like? You know, do, do a, a specialty, a quarterback, running back, receiver, mm-hmm. and then throw a defensive guy in there. Yeah. You know, it can be a linebacker, it can be a lineman, it can be whatever. But mm-hmm. the, the best player, you know, sometimes is a defensive player in college. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree with you. Like I said, that they might not have the the flashy stats, but I mean, it's definitely a game changer too. But um, I guess that'll bring us into our next one. We want to talk about the contemporary baseball committee. Um, it's, I guess, just a Hall of Fame election. Uh, I'm still kind of confused on the whole thing. I printed some stuff off. It says the Contemporary Baseball Era Player Committee is one of three groups eligible for consideration as part of an era committee process, which provides an avenue for Hall of Fame considerations to managers, umpires, and executives, as well as players retired for more than 15 years. So it's, I guess, past the regular Hall of Fame voting, right? Uh, the contemporary baseball era features two distinct ballots, one for players and one for managers, executives, and umpires. So I think the only one that got voted on of that was Fred McGriff. Was it was like uh, Barry Bonds and all them in on that one too? Was that? I think Bonds and Clemens. And- yeah, all the steroid-issued mm-hmm. guys um, were in on it, but I guess baseball finally said their they're say-so, which I thought they did the last time they could vote for them that they didn't vote them in. Uh, but Fred McGriff, I loved to watch him play. I was a big Braves fan. The crown dog. In the 90s, <laughs> so yeah. So I enjoyed Fred McGriff. I'm happy for him. Congratulations. Um, I just don't know. I mean, what, what weight does that hold if it's not, if you didn't get voted during your regular span of time? What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I think it still holds a lot of weight because, you know, there, there's obviously people out there still thinking about you. Mm-hmm. You know, there may have just been somebody else that people honed in on in a different class that, you know, you kind of got pushed aside a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, I always thought Fred McGriff was a Hall of Fame caliber player. Yeah. You watch, he played the game the right way. <coughs> you, know, yeah. you knew what you were going to get day in, day out from him. Well, you think about it, too. Sometimes you just get thrown into year after year, great player group after great player group after great player group, and you're just right there on the cusp of, hey, I'm right there with all these guys, but I wasn't better than those guys, you know. So I got the list of players. It was Albert Bell. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff, Dale Murphy, our boy Rafael Palmero, uh, Kurt Schillings were candidates for the Contemporary Hall of Fame in 2023. So, 
only one got voted in. I think they had to have a 70% or more yeah. vote. So. Um, so congratulations to him. I couldn't imagine what that feel like that you, the despair that you didn't get voted in the last time you went in and then you get this contemporary thing years later and you get voted in and you finally get to Canton, Ohio or, uh, no, sorry. It's, uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of NFL. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Cooperstown. I've been there. I was, I don't know why I blanked on that, but, uh, yeah, it's a fun place. If you know, if you haven't been there, it's literally like a hole in the wall town. Have you ever been there? Uh, I've driven through it. If you stopped and went to the museum, you could be there for a year and probably not read every information that's in that hall of fame. Um, we actually played a game on double day field, uh, independent ball with the New Jersey Jackals. And so it was pretty cool. Dumpy field. Cause I mean, it's like 150 years old, but it's yeah. still pretty cool to, to play on there and the, the history and everything around it. It's just a fun place to be. It's a very fun place to be. If you're baseball fans, I highly advise getting there at least once in your lifetime. You know, and I think a lot of people will kind of be like, well, you know, Bonds and Clemens deserve to be in there. Okay, yes and no. Mm-hmm. You know, Bonds to me was a Hall of Fame player before he started doing his shenanigans. Yeah. But you start letting those guys in, here comes the argument, Pete Rose. That was that was a subject, yeah. Um, for me, on um, Pete Rose, I mean, I feel like he should be in as a player and yep. shouldn't get in as a manager. Nope. And those are two different careers. Yep. You can't, like, I don't know. You can't start judging somebody else's career or knock them down for their baseball career that's already happened, that's already been established, that's already been put in the books, and then kick him out of the – Hall of Fame for what he did as a manager. I just think that it, it seems to me that he may have been like one of the best hitters of all time. If I'm correct, yeah, that's that's what's that's what's like, nuts is that like a hits leader or something like yeah. that. I mean, I mean, I just don't understand. How, I mean, what what's the reasoning? Just because he he gambled as a manager, that's the only reason they're keeping him out. Essentially, so I don't know. I mean, looking at his career, he had games played in. 3,562 games. He had 14,053 at-bats. And he had 4,256 hits. And RBIs, he had 1,314. So what does that boil down to career average-wise? Find it. Career batting average. I don't know. It's pretty high. Let me see right here. Uh, 303. And you're telling me, these people are telling me that that is not Hall of Fame worthy. No, that's what I'm saying. As a, <coughs> as a manager, you shouldn't be able to get in, but he played from 86 to, or 63 to 86, sorry. So, I mean, it's a lot of years, a lot of playing. I mean, you talk yeah. about 3,562 games, 14,000 at-bats, he had 4,000 hits. I mean, batting a 303. I don't know what else you got to do. 1,300 RBIs. Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I don't know. I don't know what the big debate is on that either. I mean, I feel like for me, they're going to wait till he passes away or something. They're going to be like, we're going to have an honorary letty man. And I'm like, that's sad because they don't enjoy it. Yeah. Huh? They don't want him to enjoy the moment. I mean, for what? For gambling when he was a coach? That's what I don't understand. I mean, there's, I don't know. It's, it's petty. It's what it is. It's petty. Yeah. It's just one of those where 
I don't know why you just, I mean, keep one of the best players out. At 160 home runs. Gosh, it's a long list. It's a long list. And he's the top in four of those stats. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's argument. Not, I don't, like I said, it's. I don't think it's, I think you penalize him. But the only way you penalize him is not getting in as a manager. I think that's yeah. what it should be. And I, I don't know why he ever got penalized as a player because it's different. Different era, different time, different years he played, you know. Yep. So, I don't know. And that brings us to uh, draft lottery. It's the first time MLB is doing this, kind of like NBA. They're doing a draft lottery with the top three last teams. I guess the worse your record, you get more chances at being picked first or whatever. I guess that's how NBA does it. They do like the however many losses you get, you get more balls in the draft lottery pick or whatever. Um Nationals tied first, Oakland's tied first, and Pittsburgh Pirates are tied first, and they get a 16.5% chance of being drawn for the first draft pick. And then after that, it goes Reds, Kansas City, Detroit, and it goes all the way down to Milwaukee Brewers at 18. So yeah. um, you could have the Milwaukee Brewers at a 0.2% chance of getting it, and they could get first-round draft pick just by getting chosen. <laughs> you know. So what, what's your thoughts on the, on the, dra- or on the lottery? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, they started tinkering with it too much by, what, cutting rounds off of it the last several years. Uh You know, with the uptick in injuries that you're seeing, why aren't we doing what college football does? You can't come out until after a certain age or, you know, this year. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, there's going to be some guys that are physically mature enough to handle the workload, but are they mentally mature enough? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so you're you're saying no high school draft picks? You got to wait till after college? Is that what you're saying, or yeah. that's just how that's my stance on it? That's how I because mm-hmm. I know if I was drafted as an 18 year old, I wouldn't know how to handle money. Oh, heck yeah, no. you're going to have people telling you what to do, but then at the end of the day, you're like, well, that's my money. I don't want to do what I want to do. Yeah, heck, heck no. But uh, then I- it's a double standard. Then we have to basically say, well, no, we can't, you know, sign these foreign players while they're 16 years old. You have to wait till they're, you know, a certain age as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so it's got to be one and the other, not one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I couldn't imagine being drafted 18 and someone saying, hey, here's $3 million, you know, at age 18. Um, I, I mean, you totally change as a person, I guess, just how you handle life and how you – you know, I don't. You didn't have any clue, any idea what how to what to do with three million dollars. You know, <laughs> especially if you're someone from a family that you know you didn't really have a family background. It's just you by yourself. You never had anything, and then you're sitting here with unlimited amount of money compared to what you're used to in your bank account. You know, I mean, that just spells nothing but trouble. And what are those kids doing? You know, what's the average? That it's more. What they say, more college players make it to the big leagues percentage wise than high schoolers getting yep. getting drafted or signed um and that goes to show just the i guess the maturity level they is that is that a fault of the minor league coaches or is that just the lifestyle that they get thrown into at a young age yes i think all the above (laughs) yes and i think you know you're taking some of these kids that are you know fresh out of high school baseball Mm -hmm. 
And some of them are getting thrown into double A right away. It's like, well, what do you have in double A? You got guys around the cusp of big leagues. You got guys with big league time. Oh yeah. And you know, they're, they're going to a level where they don't know how to accept the failure yet. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, let's get, let's get right. I mean, baseball is a game of failure is how you handle it. That's going to mm-hmm. make you succeed. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think there's more of a discipline form when you go to college, you know, coaches are making sure you're going to class. Coaches are making sure you're in the weight room. Coaches are making sure you're doing this, doing that, which I, at the minor league level, did they, how much did they watch you there? Mostly on your own, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. just, oh, yeah. just being there, uh, just playing independent ball. It's all on your own. It's just, hey, show up, at the, be at the field at this time. Bus leaves yeah. at this time. That's it. They don't tell you anything else. College, it was, hey, morning weights, class, be there, you know, practice this and that. And then. And we're going to be checking classes to make sure you're there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We had a form to where you had to have every teacher sign every two weeks or something. And if you had an absent and you didn't tell coach, you're running polls. Yeah. Um, honestly, didn't miss a single college class because of it. It was just like, yeah. no point because I don't want to run. <laughs> and, and, you know, now it's like you said, it's like these first, second, third rounders, I mean, they're getting chance after chance after chance. I mean, you, you could have a 15th rounder playing his butt off, putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. Who's going to keep getting all the chances? Mm-hmm. Every chance that they can get until it's like, okay, well, it's finally time to move on. Yeah. After you've wasted a couple of careers, yeah, and it's just two to where. What what gets me though is that you get the draft and you get this young high schooler, like third, fourth pick or something, and you waste a pick on him and he doesn't sign. You know what? What college senior could have took that half that money, a quarter of that money, and been yeah. like, "Hey, I'll leave today for just peanut butter and jelly sandwich." You know, like, oh, yeah. just sign me. You know, and it's yeah. crazy how they just lose out on that. I mean, is there a way that you could just say, Hey, you get a free agent sign for that place since he didn't sign or something like what's something you could, you can make positive out of that. It's gotta be some sort of supplemental pick or, mm-hmm. or an extra free agent sign. Yeah. I mean, that that's what it would ultimately have to be because, yeah. or if you know, you're, you're arrogant enough to, take a questionable player and they don't sign, then uh-huh. also that's your loss. What's the, uh, what's the, what's the, the date you have to be signed by? Is it just spring training or what? Like, and you would ask me that. I'd like, is there a time period or like, uh, I mean, I figured it was like, Hey, if he doesn't show up for well, spring no, training, because the draft is already happening when uh-huh. spring training's going. Yeah. That's it. Is it like the first day of class when school's in? I think so. But what if it's, yeah, like a high schooler if they didn't, if they went to college? Because I was reading Rick and Kill's uh, book, and I think he was committed to go to Miami. And he said he was loaded up, ready, packed to go to Miami to step on foot. But once he stepped on foot, he was there for three years. Mm-hmm. And I think they called him like the night before and said, okay, we'll sign with you or we'll sign you for what yeah. you're asking for. You know, Scott Boris being his, his uh, agent. And he was like, okay, I have my bags packed to go to college. Now I'm going to. Low A, where they're sending me, you know. But I think it I think it should be, you know, you don't waste somebody's life, you know, a senior that could have been drafted that's right on the cusp. I think you should do, hey, you got this date to sign. If not, you get this many more picks. Yep. Go sign a free agent, you know. Um, so I think that'd be cool because what do those guys do? They just look for, what, an independent ball or 
or go play abroad or in Mexican league or something. Um, so I think it would definitely benefit them to say, Hey, you're not signing. You still get a player. Or do you start limiting these, um, overseas signings? Yeah. Yeah. I know they got a whole, uh, sports complex down in Dominican. Yeah. Of just teams and leagues and, and training and all that. And, um, which I'm not trying to take away from those young men either, mm-hmm. but, you know, they say this is America's pastime. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. I guess you can say I'm a little biased or whatever. <laughs> of course. I mean, because <clears throat> I want to see guys that should get the chance succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the guys that deserve that chance aren't getting the chance. Yeah. And that's why I think that if you do it kind of like a soccer extra time, you know, like, hey, you didn't get three guys signed in your drafts. You get three free agents. And that gives a guy, like you said, it's on the cusp. Um, I read here, it says, you have up until one week before the next draft to sign or until players enter or return to a four-year college full-time or enters or returns to a junior college. Okay. So that's a long time. You got pretty much a year almost. Yeah. Um, And then they changed the draft to later. Yes. Which I think is a lot better because when we were going to uh, Vandy to play in Super Regionals, we had guys getting calls on the bus saying, hey, you got drafted this round, Tampa Bay. Hey, you got drafted this round by Detroit. And, I mean, we were celebrating on the bus, which was pretty cool. Um, but I like take away from the upcoming games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Oh, well, I don't want to play now because I don't want to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Yeah. But then again, it, it relieves some of that stress, too, to where you're like, hey, I know where I'm going or – it might have the opposite effect. Hey, I got drafted. There's no reason to prove myself anymore. You know, you yeah. can go either way. I think it's best that they waited till afterwards because it could improve somebody's draft stock. You know, you go to the World Series, become World Series MVP, and you were a, a bleep on someone's radar. You know, you just yep. moved yourself up to a first rounder maybe by just your performance in playoffs. Oh, for sure. Um, what was that OU kid? Um, I think he played at Seminole Junior College. He. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of he had a great season, and then they went to the World Series and played really well. And I think he moved up to a first rounder just by his performance there at the World Series. Um, but yeah, they got they got a lot of time for that. Uh, we got a pretty controversial one here. <laughs> we'll see what your thoughts are on this. Uh, women women's soccer team was comped for men's win in the uh, World World Soccer Championship. So. They uh, so what happened was that I guess they signed an agreement with equal pay. I think earlier that year, a couple years ago, labor agreements uh, guaranteed the split prize money won by country's na- national team. Uh, the women will receive an equal share in the prize money from the performance of the U.S. men in Qatar. So I don't know if that's they split what the men w- win or they just match what the men won. I don't know the difference and I haven't read too much into it, but I just thought that was pretty interesting on, um, I guess they had their season and got their pay and I guess they just have to share it or they get equal from somewhere else. I thought that was pretty interesting. What's your thoughts on it? Here, congratulations. We know you didn't contribute to this, but here's some money as well. I, I would feel bad. Like I wouldn't feel bad for having the money, but I'd feel bad for be like, it feels like a, a participation medal, you know, yeah. And I mean, I get, I get it to where I guess the soccer community, the men's and women national team, you know, it's kind of, a, kind of, they're kind of combined at the same time. But then again, you're, you're getting money off somebody else's success. You know, I mean, 
I don't know. I just feel conflicted about to where they're talking about, well, women don't make that much. Well, it's just one of those where it's a revenue thing where uh, someone explained it to me and said, hey, what's your favorite women at, woman actress? And someone said, like, Emma Stone. They said, well, there's this guy that was barely in the movie. Do you pay him the same as Emma Stone? No, because she's the headliner. Mm-hmm. He's like, so there you go. That was kind of this way of saying, you know, this and that. And then someone said something about, uh, I don't know the facts on these are true or not, but someone talked about WNBA saying they deserve equal pay than men. He said, well, WNBA loses like $2 million a year on revenue. And he said, so technically they got to pay $85,000 a person to stay in. <laughs> you might have. You might have, yeah. So. You might have. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't know they lost $2 million a year on WNBA. Um, so technically the player's got to pay 85000 to be in it or keep it going. Yeah. I was like, mm. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. I saw that. I was like, well, that, ooh, okay, here we go. Like I said, the guy said he did his facts, but, I mean, it's one of those where I don't ever say anything's absolute that I watch, but that was pretty interesting to hear that. So, I mean, I'm kind of on the, I'm like, if the guy sign off on it, by means, go for it, but it's just one of those where it's somebody else, someone else's success, you kind of get a, a participation trophy. To me, it's kind now, of if it turns like, into one of those deals where it's like, okay, y'all do this, and we will do this, you know, then, okay, by all means, both sides agreed to it, mm-hmm. do it. But I don't think it should be, like, matched up straight. It's like, okay, you get a percentage. Yeah. Say, you know, U.S. men's team goes through and, you know, say they went all the way, won the finals, and, and won the World Cup, and, you know, I don't know what that payout is, mm-hmm. but let's just say, you know, the women agreed to, or even the women went and won it, and both sides agreed to, hey, you know, whoever wins, the other one gets 25% of you know, yeah, kind of a, a match twenty five percent. Okay, hey, I'm happy with that. Yeah, you know, because I mean, yeah, it is the U.S. organized team. Yeah, and they are there together. But, yeah, that's what. I, that's the only thing I was saying is that the the U.S. team is kind of like one entity where you talk about men's and women's swimming. You know, like Olympic sports, men and women's swimming. You know, all that they're kind of the same team. Just you know, it's like your high school team. You got boys and girls but they go together and play at the same place, you know, and yeah. they're kind of the same, representing the same school. Um, so I, yeah, I, mean, but, I, I can I mean, see from that standpoint. Yeah. If you start digging deeper into it, you know, you start looking at Olympics. Well, what about, a, you know, track and field? Say Usain Bolt's American, you know, he wins it. Well, you know, another summer sport, speed walking or whatever, mm-hmm. gets a percentage of that. It's like, well, I mean, that's kind of completely... Skeet shooting. <laughs>
Yeah, very proud of him. No, it was awesome to see him in there. It's always a fun time of the of the four year span. They do it every four years, right? Like Olympics. Yeah. It's a very yeah, fun man. time, especially to make it. You know, you go through all yeah. those uh, qualifying rounds. All the qualifying rounds. You know, you're playing for years uh, just to get in and just to make it in. You know, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good deal. And the Thai England, like you said, they're usually a powerhouse. Um, and um, all that, and just the group they were in and to come out of it is pretty. Pretty exciting stuff and good for the USA. I mean, I know our women's are women's teams dominant in soccer mm-hmm. and have been for a while, which is exciting. And they deserve everything that they get. Yeah. Um, and I hope they win it next year or not next year. I don't know if they do it every two years compared to the men's. Like it's it is two years, but I'm not sure how you know how much the whole COVID stuff affected everything. Yeah, I don't know if it's reset it or what. Yeah, because I feel like the women just played last year, didn't they? I can't remember. I honestly I don't, can't remember. I, the last three years of COVID felt like all one year, so it yeah. seemed like all clustered together. You say one thing, I was like, was that 19? Was that 18, 19, 20, or 21? I don't know what it was, <laughs> what year it was, you know? Yeah. So the 19, 20, 21, I kind of like lump up all together. It just felt like the same year, just one long winter, it felt yeah. like. So uh, that might bring us to our last topic, um, pretty interesting one, the transfer portal. What do you think about that? I've, I've read where there's been over a thousand have entered, and that's just, I mean, that's before even the playoffs and, and bowl games and everything. I like it, but I don't like it. To an extent, yeah. Because there's what, one, I saw something the other day, there's a quarterback that's like entering the transfer portal for the third or fourth time to go to like 14. Yeah. It's like, so stuff is like, okay, you get one free transfer. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, when I was in college, like you transfer, you're sitting out of here. Yeah. Yep. Unless you're doing like a junior college to a D1 or changing levels. Or or out of conference. Yeah, we're out of conference, yeah. You know, but to me, it's like, oh, well, this coach benched me this game because, you know, I didn't have my head on straight, but. I still deserve to play, so I'm mad. I'm a transfer. That's, that's exactly what it is. I mean, what's that doing for uh, the player's coachability? You know, mm-hmm. hey, things get tough. I'm going to leave. You know, like what? Do you, what are you creating in the long term? Yeah, out of players to where they're not going to get to. You know, they're not going to get to say, "Hey, I'm going to buckle down and work harder and earn that spot." And I saw a, a cartoon that showed it showed the third string quarterback. He's like, "Hey, I'm third string. I'm going to transfer out of here." But then it shows him getting in line of like thousands of players that are looking to go other places. So you're yep. technically you're in a small fish in a big pond after you go to the transfer portal. Yeah, unless you find it. I can it. see, you know, say you know you're two highly touted quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You're in a quarterback duel for the ages to get a starting job. You both yeah. deserve to be starters. But the other guy just edges you out. You know, you don't get much playing time. The coach is like, hey, you know, he's our guy. I understand if you want to transfer. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? You're both straight up. You're men about it. You know, hey, you know, finish out this year. You never know what happens. He yeah. may get hurt. You come in, you take the yep. job. Well, over. Just speaking of Dugan, uh, he was back up beginning of the year. Yep. I forget who the head guy or the head quarterback first string QB one was. He gets hurt like what first game? Something like that. And uh, Dugan's been. I, uh, when my sister was there, he came in as a freshman. He was there freshman to senior year. Got back up senior year, and he didn't leave. And then got hurt. Look at him. He Heisman candidate. Leading his team to the playoffs, you know. I so. mean, you take that alone. How is that not Heisman worthy? Yeah, that story alone. Yeah, yep. Just putting it. That's that's what I'm talking about too. Is where 
to stick through something, you know, usually like if I got benched or something or I wasn't starting, it was like, Hey, I want to work harder now. Yep. Now it's just, Hey, I'm going to go to the place where the coaches does what I want, you know? And it's just, yep. I think it's going to create a bad atmosphere around the sport just for just, you, you don't, and, and coaches are going to switch up their style. Now it's just going to be baby and everybody. It's not going to be mm-hmm. tough love. You know, that's what Saban's been living off of for the last few years. But now look at him now. Now he's got what, 12, 10 players going in the transfer portal. No, they're wanting to go to Colorado with Dion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, good for Dion. He's he's making a splash in the world of college football, and oh, yeah. um, and then you see all these Jackson State fans getting mad. I'm like, you really thought he was going to stay there? Yeah, you really thought he? Was, I said this is a stepping stone. Like you get, you well, got. What did he take them to two or three championships? Yeah, they were undefeated this year. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you just got to thank the man for even considering coming to your school. The coach. Hey, thanks for putting us on the map. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you took all our recruits, but he, they were only there for him anyway. So I mean, yeah. I think they had the number one recruit going there. Um, so Colorado's going to be a force to reckon with. It's gonna, it's about time there's another powerhouse in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I'm looking forward to that too as well. But I just think I don't know. I don't know the whole the rules on it. It used to be if your coach leaves, you could go anywhere. If not, you're there for three years unless, like you said, you set out or, you know, yeah. a couple of rules. But I don't know all the rules to it. It sounds like a mess. I mean, I guess it's a wild, wild west now with the NIL deals and whatever. It's just who can you get on the field that year and perform you know, the best. Like it's. And speaking of the NIL, I'm sorry, your payment in college is your scholarship. I've been saying that for a while. I've been saying give everybody free rides. However many – is on, like create a roster amount. Say, hey, we're going to have one ten for football, forty for baseball, twenty for basketball. You know, just go down the line, set the roster, and say, hey, everybody gets in for free, all full rides. Or or split them up. Like, okay, these guys, you know, they're going to be more on the sports end, but a little bit academic. Mm-hmm. Well, these guys, you know, we can trust them in the classroom. They're going to be academic, but a little on the sports end. Yeah, you know, yeah. do stuff like that. But I mean, well, it's. It, it amazes me that all the schools are like, oh, we can't give out scholarships, this and that, but how much they're making, how much they've – that's yeah. the biggest crock of crap I've ever seen is where the, how much they've raised their prices. And then they're like, oh, we're hurting, we're hurting, we can't give you a full ride. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can. You're making so much – you can pay your coach $7 million a year. You can give 40 athletes, 110 athletes a free ride. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, but – yeah, college coaches are great and all that, but you don't need a college coach making ten to twelve million dollars a year. College coach hasn't made the best. They get to run the organization, do what they want, and make big bucks. You get you get what seven million for getting fired? What was that? Uh, what was the name? Big guy from LSU. Yeah, yeah. He said, "Show me the door." You know, where? Show me where the door is at. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah, you know, I mean, show me the door. I'll yeah. just go sit on it. Dude, you get to make that. I wish I could get fired and get make seven million. I'd say, show me the papers. I'll go walking now. So I mean, I think college coaches. I mean, granted, <coughs> excuse me, they get they have to deal with all these players coming in that are you know it's a different breed of college athletes coming in. Spoiled little brats. It's it is. I mean, you get these kids coming from nothing to uh, getting full rides and getting paid to go to school. Pretty much. I mean. If you got anybody on Pell Grants, I had a buddy in Seminole uh, Junior College, a full ride, but then got Pell Grants for, I mean, he needed it. It was good for him. It was just one of those, though, but you're getting paid to play. I was like, dude, that's awesome. Like, give me on some of that. I was like, both my parents work, so I can't, or like, 
I got them both, so it was like we're right there at the fringe line. Um, well, it's like every college has some sort of work study. You know, um, hey, go sweep up the bleachers, go rake up the field, yep. take field maintenance, stuff like that, we'll pay you. That's know. what I, I did that seminar. I did the laundry, uh, clean up in the, in the mm-hmm. uh, indoor and in the locker room. It was the best yep. thing ever because I lived at the field. I got to lift yeah. weights. And, and was clocked in, waited for a load of laundry, switched to laundry, went and hit some, waited for another load of laundry, and clocked out and left. And it was, I, I thought it was awesome. I enjoyed it. Keeps you out of trouble, too. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I was getting homework done. I was getting extra hitting in. So, I mean, yep. work study at a junior college was a blast. So, I enjoyed that. But I think there's, I think there's a lot more ways around it than just saying, hey, you get sponsorships. You yeah. know, or they could have done. I mean, what about schools that sell jerseys? I mean, when I was at Louisville, they were selling Teddy Bridgewater jerseys out the wazoo and Lamar Jackson jerseys out the wazoo, but that player didn't get anything because they wouldn't put his last name on there, but they'd have his number on there. Yep. Everybody knew who it was, but you couldn't put his name on there for like likeness or whatever. But And, and now you can't get a blank jersey because they want everybody's names on it. Yeah. Like, no, I want a blank jersey so I can put yeah. my name on the back of it for my wife, my kids, whatever. Yeah. You know, to have a family jersey set. Yeah, but for me, I'm like. Night. <laughs> but for me, I'm like uh, all power to the players. If they're going to allow you to make money, make as much as you can because yeah. uh, the college athlete has been ran through the mud for so long, not making anything or even getting full rides. Um, that I'm just like, hey, if they're going to allow it, get it while it's good, get as much oh, as you absolutely. can. And it's just one of those where it's finally. They at least get something for their efforts to where it was just all the coaches getting all the coaches could get booster gifts. Coaches could get extra pays from anybody else and nothing happened to them. Coach could leave in a heartbeat and go to another team, you know, like whenever. So I'm just like, if they're going to do it, let them have it. But I just think it could have been regulated better to where it wasn't a Wild West. So, but I mean, that's who was it? Was it viewers from UT basically out of high school? Made a million dollars? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they they talked about the uh, Manning boy, Archie, mm-hmm. and the red carpet Texas rolled out for him. They spent over like six figures just for his recruiting trip. Yep. I was like, where was that when I was getting recruited? Yeah. I was like, I was like, we had to fly in. and they, I mean, they put us in a hotel and fed us, but that was about it other than just a and tour. Of the, the football game. I mean, yeah, was, yeah. And then other than a tour of the campus, it was like, that's about <laughs> it. <clears throat> Which even even that I was just like my eyes were like wide open, jaw was dropped. I was like, "This is cool," but I couldn't imagine now where they're sending private jets and shooting. My buddy works for a private jet company. He says he gets with the the different campuses and they send their jets to go pick up players for recruiting trips and stuff like that, or or their coaches to go on recruiting trips. I'm like, "Golly, that's how much money you're making, but you can't give somebody a full ride." I'm like, yeah. "This is ridiculous." Yeah, ridiculous. exactly. But uh, who you got picked for uh, what's your what's your uh, final four prediction? You got Georgia I, versus I Ohio got, State. I got Georgia and Michigan. Georgia and Michigan. I would love to see that game. Uh, my sister's a good friend, Sharon Moore. He's the uh, lineman coach for Michigan. So I think I'm going to throw my hat in with Michigan. I'd like to see a Georgia-Michigan championship, and I'd like to see Michigan take it. Um just because of him, just because of my buddy. So I mean, uh, I'm rooting for TCU, Big Twelve, Big Twelve team. Uh, sister used to work for him, but I think I have to go with uh, our friend Sharon Moore. So 
Hopefully yeah. he gets a championship. But it's it's going to be good football regardless. as well. Yeah, Harbaugh. Harbaugh deserves it. He's been through the thick, thickest stuff there. About they, He was so close to being fired after losing, like, what, three or four straight to Ohio State. Yep. And now he's won two back-to-back. Um, so good for him. First time they had one at Ohio State in a long time. Yeah, yeah. It was like early 2000s or something like that. So, yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah, so I think I'd throw my hat in with Michigan, but I would like to see a Georgia-Michigan championship. I think that'd be an awesome game. Oh, yeah. So, but other than that, I think that's all I got, unless you got anything to add or any other controversies you want to bring up. or. I mean, don't get me started on the whole – you know, what we traded to get a person that hates the U.S. back. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we could say we could do a whole episode on that. I mean, uh, all man. I know is I want to hear another thing about gun control after that crap. Yeah, all I'm saying is that, that that beats the trade for Boston trading Babe Ruth for cash. So that that that, that trade deal <laughs> took the cake for that one. Yep. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that one. I'm just going to say bad, bad trade all, all together. Yeah. Uh, as a fantasy manager in football, I would decline that trade. <laughs> ten out of ten as times. A, ten out of ten times. As a, um, you know, fantasy league <laughs> commissioner. Commissioner. <laughs> declining. Uh, decline. Declining <laughs> that trade deal every time. It'd be like, oh, I don't even I don't even know who to, there's no comparison. I was trying to think of like a football running back to another running back, you know, like Well what was the Herschel uh, no, I mean the whole the whole Ricky Williams deal when he got drafted. What, Remember that? Uh what was that about? What where'd he go? New Orleans? I think so, yeah. And um who was the coach at the time? Ditka? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he traded away just about all their first round picks to get up there and get Ricky Williams. For like Three years. Hmm. Yeah. I remember the exact, but it was something silly. And then, you know, when the Cowboys got Herschel Walker, traded away a whole slew of things. Yeah. You know, which was which was fine. He turned out to be a heck of a player. Yeah. Ricky Williams was drafted first round, fifth pick in the 99 NFL draft. His rushing average, yeah, 4.1. Rushing touchdown, 66. He did have 10,000 rushing yards. So, yeah. I still think that's a better deal than what we talked about. Oh, for sure. I am glad she's back and American's back safe and sound, but it's just one of those to where there's more over there, and I think they deserved, yes. if not more, to be home as well. So, I mean, it's one of those where – Glad we got what we got, but I just don't think it was worth someone that's killing thousands of people with their yeah. job. Yeah. Um, so what was worse, that trade or the Raiders picking Jamarcus Russell one overall? <laughs> I would still say that I would still say the first one we we're talking about. I just don't think there's anything that's comparison. I mean, it's no. it's literally like if you traded Tom Brady in his heyday for. Quinn or Quinn, what's his name? Notre Dame. <laughs> oh, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn or something, you know, like you're trading, or, or trading Tom Brady in his heyday for Baker Mayfield, or or Manziel. Yeah, well, you trade yeah. for Manziel. Yeah. So you say you traded Brady right in the middle before he started winning all those 
Super Bowls for Manziel. Mm-hmm. That might touch it. I don't know. We'll see. Or, or what? Joe Burrow for Zach Wilson or Sam Darnold? Yeah, I still think the the USA made a worse trade. Yes, very but much so. I don't know. We'll see. He's going to be right back to his shenanigans as soon as he gets released. So you know it is. Well, I, heck, I, they, I think we. I think we did a feel bad story instead of a feel good story. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll mix it up every now and keep you on your toes. Right. So, yeah, that's our our one question the world question yes. story. So, yeah, that's some good controversy. That's a good one. That's a good topic. All right. So, how many is Georgia going to win by against Ohio State? <sighs> I think it'll be close at first, and then I think after halftime, Georgia's going to start slowly running away with it. I think they'll end up winning by about probably eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be about like ten or eleven point lead, and then they'll score one more in the fourth or something to put it away and go up like eighteen, twenty, okay. somewhere there. So. I was going to say twelve to fifteen, but no, I can yeah. see your logic behind that. Yeah, I'll go. Michigan TCU. Um, it just depends what TCU shows up, to be honest with you. It could be a 20-point loss, or it can be a three-point win, field goal at the end. Um, I, I just want to say I think Michigan, I think TCU will shoot themselves in the foot too much. I think Michigan will run with, away with it by about, shoot, probably at least 14. I'd say 13 to 14. So okay. I'd say 10 to 13. Yeah, and then I'll say championship. Man, it might be a low-scoring game. It might be like a 20s, like maybe. I'd like to say that's going to be a touchdown field goal game. I think yeah. it's going to come down to the wire. So it might end up being like 24-27, something like that. For sure. I like that's, it. That's my guesses. I'm sticking to it. Nobody's going to know any different if I was right or wrong because no one's going to go back and check me. <laughs> that was another thing. I was watching a guy. He, they they went back to the beginning of the NFL season and had this professional pick and win loss for each team, NFL team. Yeah. He was off by like six, seven games. He had like he had Washington uh, going like two and nine at this point, and now they're like seven and five. You know, they weren't even close. They're like, yeah. they need to fire this guy. I can't remember the name of the guy, but he was on ESPN saying loss, win, loss, win, and they're like wrong, 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 oh, wrong. Yeah, I remember seeing so, several of them. So, yeah, nobody's going to check me on my scores. So, But if I'm right, you're going to be hearing about my scores next episode. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I apologize to the people who have been following us for not getting around and doing another episode, but both our lives have been crazy and you're going to get our episodes when you get our episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so. As the holiday season sneaks up on you, yes. things just kind of fall apart a little bit. Yeah, So, but we're going to bless you with our third episode, um, and we, hopefully we can get start more rolling in sooner than what we did this one, but excited. Hey, we, still kept, we still kept it consistent for C-Shift Conversations. We so. did, C-Shift yes. Conversations. So um, that's just our both our off days, so we'll take it. We'll take it. So, oh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. And that's another episode of High Heat. And can't wait to get you another episode. Thanks again, Shelby. Thank you, Matt.